Let us pray. Almighty and most gracious Father, we have heard the words of Your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, this day. Come to Me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Give to us that rest that He has promised. Give to us that rest that comes only through Him, according to Your Word. That we would find peace. That we would find assurance. That we would find that You are full of grace and kindness towards us. So lift us up and draw us near to Yourself that we would receive the goodness, the kindness, and the mercies of our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we pray. Amen. In the movie, The Return of the King, during the siege of Gondor, there's a scene that really jumped out to me this week as I was reflecting and thinking. is the scene where the hobbit Pippin looks to Gandalf. And Pippin simply says, in the midst of the siege, I didn't think it would end this way. But Gandalf, Gandalf just simply looks back at him and questions him, end? No. The journey does not end here. Death is just another path. One that we must all take. The gray curtain of this world rolls back and all turns to silver glass. And then you see it. Pippin replies, What, Gandalf? See what? And Gandalf says, White shores and beyond. A far green country under a swift sunrise. Well, that isn't so bad, Pippin replies. No, no, it isn't. Pippin is given a glimpse of the afterlife in this moment of battle as a way of encouragement, as a way of comfort as a way of strengthening Him. That no matter the results in this life, there is a rest for the faithful. In the midst of all of this is that weariness of our broken world. That both in our real world and in that fictional world of Tolkien, there is weariness. Both of these worlds are full of the wear and tear of the daily living under the sun. In one sense, there's a cynicism about brokenness. That we have no power. We have no ability to escape this wear and this tear. And yet, and yet, there is hope. There is an escape. But it isn't what we so often want it to be or what we think it should be or what we think it is. It's not that we escape from the unending restlessness of this world. But the escape is found in passing through passing through this world into the next. And that passing through this world into the next is because there is a coming redemption. It's a coming one that happens after this weariness passes away. It's one that comes 
in the Lord of the Rings only by carrying that ring to Mount Doom so it can be destroyed. That redemption only comes by walking faithfully through this broken world into the next, into the new world, that new creation, that new heavens and earth that is unbroken by man's sin. And the end of that weariness is not by man's strength. The end of weariness is solely by the power of God known in Jesus Christ. It's a power that is a hidden power. One that is so hidden that it appears as nothing more than weakness. As weakness in a world that is obsessed with power. God works His power through weakness. He works His strength through our broken wills. He does that in order that we might more fully see that it is a gentle power that God is working in us to renew us. And when we see that God works through weakness, we are freed from the anxiety and the shame that comes from being weak sinners. We can become those who can walk in humility. We can be those who trust God's guiding hand in all that is taking place. And yet that trust, that looking at God's guiding hand is a weary task. It's a task that will wear us down. But it's a good wearing down. For that wearing down means that sin is slowly dying in us. As we look to Christ, as we look to God working all things for our good, sin is being put to death. As we grow and are more capable of seeing that we cannot fight, we cannot put it to death. But yet sin is being put to death as we grow to see that God is at work. We're not able to resist with our strength. The only resistance we have is by overcoming sin in Jesus' death and resurrection. We overcome sin in us by becoming humble ones who walk in the presence of God, by becoming humble children, knowing that God has dealt with our sin. And we do that by trusting in Christ alone. That we can humbly submit to His kindness and to His love and compassion. And what we ultimately discover is that as we humbly seek and walk after Jesus, we'll find that He takes that weariness off of us and takes it to Himself that we would be free from ourselves. And that is what we're being revealed. That is what's being revealed to us today. As we look at our gospel now, and we seek after Jesus humbly, we will see that He is lifting from us weariness. And the first part of that is to simply humbly see Jesus, to humbly seek Him, to humbly walk after Him. For there in verse 25, Jesus says, I thank You, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that You have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. These things that have been hidden are the very works of God. The actions of God in Jesus Christ, His working salvation, His working healing, His preaching the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven come down to earth in the person of and the man Jesus. In the verses that come before this, Jesus speaks words of condemnation against the many cities that He has already traveled through and proclaimed the kingdom. Those who have seen the works of God, those who have seen the healing that God can bring through His Messiah. 
He condemns them for their unbelief. And in the midst of those cities, there are those who are like little children. Those who are not wise and understanding in themselves, but those who are dependent upon the Father, dependent upon God to bring to them all good things. You see, God has hidden the good works of Jesus in one sense from the wise and understanding. For the wise and understanding are those who are in one way too smart for their own good. They are the ones who want to work out all things for themselves. They want to understand the ways of God apart from God. They're dependent on no one but themselves. They think that their wisdom is what will get them into heaven. They think that they can get out of any trap that they find themselves in. They think that they can drum up the strength and the intellect to resist sin in themselves. They have no room for listening to others. They believe that they can work out their own salvation by their own rules and in their own way. That is the wise and understanding here. And it's not so much that God hides the truth of Jesus from them. It's that they have blinded themselves to the truth of Jesus. God uses their very blindness to hide the reality of the work of Christ for them. They don't want Jesus. They don't want anything to do with God. They want to carve their own path and pursue their own ways and refuse and reject Jesus every, in every way along that path. That is the wise and understanding. But yet, God reveals His truth that is in Jesus to little children. Those little children are the babes. Those who are utterly dependent upon their mothers and their fathers for everything. Especially dependent upon their mothers to nurse them and to feed them. They have no ability in and of themselves. And so, they are utterly dependent. Those are the people that Jesus reveals Himself to. Those who are utterly dependent upon God. And what Jesus isn't saying is this literal sense of smart people can't have Jesus, only dumb people can. Only unintelligent people can. Only uneducated people can. That's not what Jesus is talking about. When He speaks of the wise and understanding, He is speaking of those who think that they do know right. They think highly of themselves. They don't know humility. They don't know meekness. They see themselves as the center and as the ones who are the arbiters of truth. And the little children are those who are simply humble who are walking humbly before their God, who look to God for what they truly need. So Jesus isn't saying in this reality of the things of God being hidden from the wise and understanding that you have to be dumb to enter the kingdom of heaven. He's saying that you have to learn humility. You have to learn dependence. You have to learn meekness in order to know Jesus. Those who are wise and understanding in and of themselves are the very ones who will overlook that simple path of salvation and redemption that is found in Jesus. Who will overlook that there is one who overcomes their sin. Who has overcome that which breaks them down. That which drives them from the Father. It is only through that humility that God gives to us, that meekness, through knowing that we don't know it all, 
that we don't have the ability in ourselves. It's then that we come to know this Jesus. And Jesus continues, in speaking of this humility that is necessary, all things have been handed over to me. And no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. It's the most John-like statement from the Gospel of John. Jesus speaks like that continually in the Gospel of John. And here, Matthew records one of these sayings, that no one knows Me except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son. That to know the Father, you must know the Son. And to know the Son, you must go through the Son to know the Father. But the only way to know the Son and the Father is for the Son to reveal Himself. For the Son to make known Himself to you. And that's why we walk in humility. That we can't know the Son on our own. We can't know the Father on our own. It is only through that Son, that Messiah, that we can know Him. That it is Jesus revealing Himself to us for our sake, for His sake. So that we can come to Him. That we walk humbly seeking after Jesus. And walking humbly after Him, we come to see Him revealed to us more and more. And in Him revealing Himself to us, He says to us, Come to Me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That He begins lifting that weariness from us as He calls us to Himself, as He reveals Himself. What I love here is what Jesus simply does. He is talking about the Son and the Father in the third person. He's talking about how God reveals the Son in order that the Father would be known. And that the Son chooses who to reveal Himself to. And who does He choose to reveal Himself to? All those who labor and are heavy laden. He says, come to Me. So just as Jesus is talking about the Son choosing to reveal Himself to people, talking about Himself in the third person, He immediately switches back to the first person as He says, no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom He chooses to reveal Him. Come to Me now. Come to Me, you who labor and are heavy burdened, you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to Me, all who are weary, who are broken down, who are worn down to the nub from this world, and I will give you rest. What's so important in this moment of coming to Jesus is that He's not saying come to a set of principles Come to a set of beliefs. Come to a set of behaviors. He says, come to Me. We are being called to the person of Jesus Himself. We are being called to the Son of God Himself. And if Jesus is calling us, then He is revealing Himself. He is revealing Himself and His Father. But it's only for those who are weary, who are worn down, that can actually see Him and hear Him. Those who think highly of themselves don't see themselves as weary. They don't see themselves as ones who are heavy laden. They think that they have all the strength that they need to go forward and thus they don't need rest. But those who are weary hear this call from Jesus. 
And they hear His word of rest. They hear Him say, I will give you rest. I will give you renewal. I will give you peace. And so we come to God in the flesh. We come to Yahweh Himself, the One who gave us the entirety of the Old Testament by inspiration. We come to this person who is God Himself. And so while we aren't coming to a set of beliefs or behaviors, we are coming to one who is perfection, who is holiness, who calls us away from our sins, who calls us from that labor, who calls us from that burden. And He calls us into renewal. We come to the One who will transform our very souls, who gives us new life and calls us into a new way of living. If we think that we are coming to laws first and foremost, then we're only left with those laws. We're only left with the burden of doing and doing. But if we're coming to the person of Jesus, then we're saying we've reached the end of our abilities. We've reached the end of our understandings, the end of ourselves. We've reached the end of trying and trying to obey the law. We've reached the end of trying to earn by the law redemption. We've reached the end of striving against ourselves and our own power. And so when Jesus says, come to me, we are coming to one who knows us. We're coming to someone who knows who we are, who knows our struggles, and He has the authority and the power to change us, to renew us, to renew us all the way down to our very souls and to plant that new life in us. Because we are being called to a person We're being called to God Himself to know that salvation. And we'll find that He changes us from the inside out. He changes and renews us and transforms us into new kinds of people. He makes us children of God when we come to Him in that weariness. When we come to Him in that brokenness, He transforms us because we're drawing near to the person We're not drawing near promising to be better people. We're not drawing near promising to follow certain laws. We're drawing near to the person of Christ Himself. And those laws that stand against us will wear us down more and more so that we will depend on Jesus more and more. Those laws will break us apart so that Jesus can put us back together in the way that we are supposed to be. And that's where Jesus turns our eyes And says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Again, He gives us rest. And here, as we are coming to Him in our weariness and our brokenness, He says, take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. For my yoke is easy. For I am gentle and lowly. And I will give you rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus calls us to follow after Him as He calls us to Himself to relieve us of our weariness and our burdens and to give us rest. He then calls us to wear His yoke. This yoke in this moment is the same thing as what He just told His disciples in the previous chapter as they are going out to spread His Word, to do His work. He says, you must take up your cross and follow Me. Here, the yoke is the cross. 
And it's an ironic thing that he says, you will find rest as you take this yoke upon you. For it is easy and light. Dane Ortland says that that yoke is a kind of non-yoke. He says that Jesus is using an irony here for no yoke is really easy. The yoke is an instrument placed upon the oxen to enable them to drag farm equipment out to the field, to enable them to drag the plow for you to guide them on the path that they are to take. It is not a light and easy instrument upon that oxen. And yet here Jesus says, take my yoke. Bind yourself to myself. And you will learn from me. You will be changed by me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. I am kind. I am gracious. I am compassionate. I will lift those burdens off of you and renew your heart and free you from yourself. But you must take my yoke upon you. Throw off your old yoke. Throw off your old way of being. Throw off your independence and your desire to pave your own way in life. And wear my yoke. Let me bear the burden of your life. Let me bear the yoke that you have been wearing so that you can be changed. And the beauty of it there in verse 30 when Jesus says, My yoke is easy, is another way of translating that word easy is kind. My yoke is kind. Which made me think of Romans 2 4, where Paul. Ask, is it not the kindness of God that leads to repentance? The kindness of God drives us and draws us into repentance as He pours out His grace. He draws us to Himself. He calls to us, come to Me so I can remove your weariness, that I can remove your burden. And now wear this light and easy and kind and compassionate yoke upon you that will bind you to Christ. That will lead you to Christ. That will keep you connected to Christ so that you can have His life. And this calling, J.C. Ryle says, is a wide description. It comprises multitudes in this weary world. All who feel that load on their heart of which they would sincerely get free. A load of sin, maybe a load of sorrow, a load of anxiety or a load of remorse. All, whoever they may be, and whatever their past lives are invited to now walk with Christ and wear His yoke. He calls us to wear His yoke as He takes from us that sin, that sorrow, that anxiety, that remorse, that inability to obey the law, the inability to resist the sin within. Whatever that may be, Christ takes it upon Himself. And takes it from us. He calls us to enter into death to be freed from ourselves. For that is what this yoke will do. Bearing Jesus' yoke is to die to self. It is to die to what we are in ourselves. To die to our passions. To die to our desires. To die to our way of being. That is what Jesus is calling us to. He puts to death that which is in us when we bear His yoke. When we wear that yoke. And He gives us new life. 
And He reminds us that death is an easy thing to go through because He has passed through it for us. He has borne the burden and the pain and the suffering of death itself so that we in this life can die to ourselves and live to Christ. That is why His yoke is easy and a light burden. It's because He has borne the brunt of the cross for us. He has borne the hardship and the struggle. And so He gives us an easy and light yoke. But that easy and light yoke is not Jesus denying that there are still struggles in this world, that there are still hardships that we will walk through. But it's that we are looking at the grander picture, the picture of salvation and redemption from that burden and that struggle in this world. It's like St. Paul says later on in Romans 8, I do not consider the sufferings of this present time worth comparing with the glories to be revealed to us. That there is a greater redemption, there is a greater life. And that is why that yoke-bearing is so easy. Because that yoke-bearing puts us to death. That we might look forward to that salvation that is coming. That we can cry out with Paul, wretched man that I am, who will save me from this body of death? That is what we cry out when we put the yoke of Jesus upon us because we have seen the weariness of soul. We have seen the brokenness within and we cry out, who will save me? And immediately we say, thanks be to God and Jesus Christ. That salvation comes through that man, Jesus. Salvation comes through faith in that man, through the cross He has borne for us. The burden of that cross becomes light. The burden of the yoke He places upon us is light because we know that the one we follow has paved the way of salvation. He has paved the way of redemption. He has taken down and walked that path of darkness through death. He walked through death willingly and defeated it for us. That death is not something we should concern ourselves with now. We shouldn't concern ourselves with the suffering in this world as we are bound to Christ. Because this world can't be compared with the glories of Christ with the glories of the world to come. Walking with Jesus' yoke is light and easy because we are looking at the grand scheme of things. We are letting ourselves die that we might rise up in Christ. When we see it from this perspective of eternity, bearing the yoke of Christ becomes something that is not a hardship. Because we see the hardships of this life We see all that resistance of sin that we are called to, the sufferings that our flesh and the world puts upon us. We see that they are but fleeting moments in the grand scheme of the work of God in this world. Because we are looking toward eternity and toward that promised reward of newness, of total renewal of all things. And the beauty of it is, is that we bear that yoke in the here and now, that eternity comes into the here and now in us. That new life is poured into us so that we can walk through the hardest parts of life because of the One who walks with us, who went through those hardest parts of life Himself. That Jesus suffered before the Father on our behalf already. He has taken those sins from us. He has taken those struggles from us. And now He empowers us to walk through those struggles, to walk through that weariness and have that weariness lifted off of us. To walk through death itself And to know that the kingdom of God is in the here and now in us. That that new life is in us. 
That that eternity is being born in us every moment that we bear the yoke of Christ. As we come to Him and wear that yoke, we will know that new life more and more. And we will be walking in humility, following Jesus, and knowing His gracious hand lifting and removing that weariness and that burden off of us that we would know His salvation. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.